Keeping It Civil is a BBC Law broadcast. Come and find us at bbclawfirm.com. Follow Steve Colden or myself, Tom Girallo, on LinkedIn so we can introduce you to all the great people we work with. Hello and welcome to episode three. That's three. Unbelievable. Of a BBC Law presentation, Keeping It Civil. I am your host, Steve Colden, a partner here at BBC Law. And my co-host is my esteemed partner, Tom Girallo. Hey, Tom. Good morning, Steve. I can't believe we made it to episode three. That's about three more than I thought we'd get. And at this point, we need good entrance music for you. I'm thinking Welcome to the Jungle, something like that. I think that would be classic. (laughs) But you know, Tom, I don't know if you know this, but we've been getting a ton of fan feedback. Lots of We have. Yeah, lot, lots of mail, lots of emails, lots of uh, faxes, you know, from the older crowd. But everybody wants, it, it's the same questions over and over again. Tell us about yourselves. We want to know more about you guys. We want to know more about BBC Law and the team. Um, so here we are. Yeah. So I think no better place to start than these two very attractive hosts. Uh, let's uh, Let's find out a little bit more about us. So Tom, you actually do really have a really interesting practice, unlike uh, a lot of what the boring stuff we do. So tell us a little bit about you and a little bit about your practice. All right. So this is more what I do as a job, not long walks on the beach and types of music, right? Exactly. All right. I got it now. Yeah. In response to the fan mail, which has been copious, uh, I've got a pretty non-traditional practice. You know, I, I, I remain an active uh, trial lawyer and litigator. And over the course of the last decade, that has morphed into a bizarre fascination with all things damages. And so our, our incredible group got great partners and uh, support, Marcy Shell, Kim Moak, Laura Wood. We consult on catastrophic cases all across the country for the purposes of mitigating damages. And I never saw this part coming. It is unusual. And when we meet people for the first time, we say to them, we know it's weird, let us explain it to you. And it it has turned into something odd, Steve. Um, we get a chance to really see some, some pretty tough, rough cases all over the place. We provide really good support um, to fa- fabulous trial lawyers all across the country saying, hey, here's some ideas on life care plans, economists, insurance, the exciting worlds of Medicaid and Medicare, which everybody really signs up for. Um, and 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 trying to help folks get a little more grounded these days on damages. We it's an under litigated issue. Um, and I'll I'll flip it back to you for a second. What was it like the first 15, 20 years of your practice when it came to defending damages? What were the philosophies for that? Exactly. And I was just gonna bring it up. You know, on these catastrophic cases in the past, we would just say, hey, look at that life care plan. That's too much. Um, but we didn't really have any way to attack. And what normally happened is we felt handcuffed by a very catastrophic set of facts that dealt with horrible injuries and death. And we kind of said, okay, let's see if we can get out of this one, as opposed to, wait a minute, um, there are real avenues to attack. Um, and And I think what your group is doing is fantastic because that's really, in these big cases, that's your that's your only avenue, right? I mean, that's all you got yep. when the set of facts are so bad that what are you going to do with it? Well, on damages, there are some real discussions to be had, right? Yeah, most of our phone calls and, and 
emails in the beginning of the case are, hey, we're in a little bit of trouble. And um, and so damages are the primary issue. And this could be a whole other episode of this this um, fabulous fan favorite pod podcast. But um, the debate comes down to, are you comfortable giving a number in front of a jury as a defendant? And are you comfortable supporting that and repeating that and going through that? And it's a big debate with no perfect answers. What we try to do is help folks have context to the numbers that they might give in a pretty awful case, why it matters, why it's fair, why it still helps somebody, and walking through a whole discussion on the psychological concept of anchoring. Um, again, we could spend forever on that, but we get around the country kind of doing that sort of thing. It comes in a variety of roles. Sometimes we we, we do some pro hoc vice work. Sometimes we're, we're there with you at trial. Sometimes we're there with you at mediation. Um, it's a fluid, different type of practice, and we're always open to talking about and being flexible about how we do the things we do. Right. So on my end, I mean, it's yeah. been it's been almost it's been almost 30 years. My practice didn't morph as much as your did as yours did. But, you know, my practice began straight insurance defense, car accident cases, cutting your teeth, getting in the courtroom, doing arbitrations, doing municipal court hearings. And then working my way up and kind of getting more involved in, in trial work, getting more involved in more complex cases and moving away from your standard insurance defense motor vehicle and expanding a little bit more into liquor liability cases, insurance coverage issues. Um, and then also something I find really satisfying is doing the mediations and arbitration work. So my practice has morphed a bit. Most of my clients now are on the corporate side. I still have some strong insurance clients that I'm very happy for. But um, on the corporate side, it's very interesting because you're dealing more with risk management. You're dealing with a very sharp group of people who really know the value of a case and understand their liability issues because they see it over and over again. Um, so it's it's really been it's been great and, and a really great group of people to work with. You know, a lot of clients I can call friends, so that's that's been really that's been really great. I uh, I I always like Steve. You know, one of the personal touches I know about your practice is if we're trying to schedule something together or have a meeting or a phone call, and you're like, ah, I got to go to a bar, and I look at my watch and it's like 11 a.m. Right, <laughs> but you're 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 one of the people I know who's on the scene and getting to know you know, the insureds and the folks in the liquor liability case and going to meet those people there. I think that's always been, those have always been interesting cases to me and I haven't had enough of them through the years. Well, that's that's just it. I mean, whether you're a small business owner or you're working for a Fortune 500 company, um, there are real business issues that have to be addressed. And a lot of attorneys kind of bypass that, but it's really important, whether it's a small business saying, look, I can't get word out on the street that I have this lawsuit for whatever reason. Um, or a big company that says, I didn't do anything wrong. We got to figure this out because we want to send the right message to not only anybody who thinks they're going to get one over on us, but also to our, to our customer base. So there's, there's, a, there's a lot of business decisions that are made um, as, part of, as part of what I do that I, that I actually really enjoy. Um, so pe peeking behind the curtain a little bit. So, all right, we got a little flavor for our business side of it. Let's talk personal stuff. Oh and boy! We don't have to get too personal, but uh -oh. I could I could tell you um, I'm the proud husband of uh, a wife who I met in law school. So many of my friends are are just that we we are uh, friends in crime, so to speak. 
um, other attorneys, but I have four great kids. I'm a little bit older than you, my friend, so my kids are <laughs> no. all out of college except for one. I have two nurses and a son who went to law school, even though I tried to talk him out of it and uh, couldn't, couldn't be happy with how things are going on my end, Tom, and I know your family's awesome too, so tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, first of all, the station that your kids are in, in terms of nursing and law school and college, and obviously you guys are doing something right. I think that you, somebody who might be a little bit younger looks ahead and says, boy, some that's pretty, pretty damn great. Good job, you guys. Um, and uh, so it's worth acknowledging that. I am in somewhat similar boat, a little bit younger. Um, met my wife in college. Uh, we got engaged in law school, so it's been a long time. We're coming up on, oh, it'll be 18 years of marriage this year. Uh, Congratulations. In, in the summer. Um, we have uh, twin boys who turned uh, 12 in July, and we will have a, an 11-year-old boy <laughs> in February. Um, and so one of our favorite facts to share with people is we had three infants under 17 months at one point in time. And I like to tease people and say, uh, I'm pretty used to negotiating with terrorists on a daily basis. So mediations and plaintiff's lawyers don't really scare me that much. Um, <laughs> it's pretty, it's been pretty wild. Uh, fatherhood's one of the greatest things. Family life's one of the greatest things that I like having translated over to my legal practice of reminding myself of some of the things you go through as a parent in some of these really sad cases. Um, and then just some of the things you go through as a human and don't forget to be a human. Um, so I'm pretty proud of my family like you are, Steve, and uh, the stuff that we do uh, day in and day out, back of our minds, it's for them. Exactly. Well, yeah. enjoy every minute of it because it flies by as fast. Um, <laughs> but now what we're going to do is we're going to shift gears a little bit, my friend, oh, because no. not only are they asking about us because, you know, they see us all the time. They want to know, what, show us the rest of your team. So yeah. this episode, we are going around the world. That's right. Around <laughs> the world of BBC Law. And we're going to start. I mean, where else would you want to go on a snowy winter day or if it's summertime, whenever you're listening to this, whatever it might be, you want to go to Marlton, New Jersey. Yeah. So we're going to we're going to jump in with our guys over in Marlton. It's the Disneyland of litigation. Everybody wants to go there, of course. Exactly. Um, so we're going to be bringing some more guests on here, Steve, and and pretty exciting stuff. I like that. Our first stop on the BBC Around the World Tour Keeping it civil, we're in Marlton, New Jersey, with Darren Audino and Larry Gross, two of the main men. We made a voluntary trip to Jersey. Doesn't happen all the time, but uh, having Larry and Darren here is great, and and we're we're glad to have you guys aboard. Um, and you're doing an, an incredible impression of Step Brothers right now, and that's fantastic. They, they don't like to be apart very often, so they no. normally share screens. You know, it's fantastic. That's That's right. so we, share, we share everything in life, yes. Uh-oh. <laughs> that might be for another day. But gentlemen, welcome. You know, what we're doing here is we're kind of going around to all the offices. We're talking to everybody, finding out a little bit more about the people that are there and finding out a little bit more about what they do. If you can, just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what's going on in Marlton. Hello, everyone. I'm Darren Aldino. I'm here in Marlton. I'm a bit too close to Larry right now, but that's okay <laughs> due to some technical difficulties on Larry's computer. Be that as it may, a little bit about myself. I've been practicing now 20 years. 
in the Garden State of New Jersey. Most of the practice is insurance defense related. By way of a background for me, I am married, have two boys, a senior in high school, a sophomore in high school, very active in sports. Every weekend is consumed with a, a different hotel room or a different field or a different hockey rink, traveling around. And when it's gone, quite frankly, I'm not so sure what I'm going to do. I'm at that stage now. It, it's uh, You look back with a lot of good memories, that's for sure. It, it, it's going to be strange and, you know, there's days that I look at my wife and say, what are we going to do? And I'm not sure yet. So that's a, you know, something to, to look forward to. Uh, with regard to my practice, uh, mainly in the commercial transportation defense side of things is 90% probably of my practice. It has been enjoyable. I do like it because I do like getting out of the office and going to accident scenes and going to meet drivers and going to, to uh, meet clients at different locations versus staying behind the desk all day. Since and the pandemic, I will tell you that, in my opinion, because I am social in that regard, uh, it's been terrible. Uh, and now that the state of New Jersey <laughs> has finally decided to open up, if you would, probably the last state in the country to open up, uh, it has become a little bit easier. And the quiet man sitting next to you? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started. Hey, everybody. <laughs> um, nice to meet you all. My name's Larry Gross. I've been practicing about... 35 years, I hate to admit that. I am the elder statesman in this room right now, I guess. Um, I've been married for 31 years to my to my wonderful, amazing wife. We have three grown children. We finished college tuition about a year ago, so that's why I'm smiling just a little <laughs> bit better now with no college tuitions. And that's why I'm sweating. Exactly. <laughs> I feel his pain every day when he talks about upcoming college tuition. Um, and uh, you know, we're, so we're past that running around to, to practice and the band practice and to competitions and everything. So we're now enjoying being empty nesters and spending a little more time doing what we want to do as opposed to being the uh, the cheering parents. Um, my practice is very similar to Darren's. Um, uh, I've been doing insurance defense work my entire practice. I started doing uh, private lines, uh, home homeowners and, 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 and private motor vehicle, that transitioned into commercial transportation uh, defense, and that's still a majority of my practice as well. Um, and you know that's how Darren and I first met, actually being on uh, as co-defendants in a, in, a, in a tragic uh, accident involving a, involving a, a charter bus. Um, and I, I, that's a big part of my practice too is going out to the scenes and, and and that's that's what people don't think about when they think about a defense attorney is the stuff the kind of stuff we do for that kind of uh, investigations. Before we jump into to that stuff, tell tell us a little bit about your geographic region. So, for those of us who are not familiar with South Jersey, you guys cover. You're in Marlton. Is it just South Jersey, or or how far do we go for BBC Law down there? I know we have an Absecon office down the shore, we, but how about we, you guys? We cover the entire state of New Jersey. The joys of the of the uh, turnpike. New Jersey Turnpike and the Garden State Parkway really make the entire state accessible for our practice of law. I mean, you can get from the top of New Jersey to the bottom of New Jersey in two and a half hours. Um, so it's pretty easy to cover the entire state of New Jersey in our practice. Um, there's a lot of trucking traffic coming out of New York into North Jersey. So there's a there's a lot of accidents up there. So 
a lot of our practices up in North Jersey. Clearly, you've mastered technology, so your your ability to remotely appear anywhere in Jersey should be unhampered too, right? I mean, look at you guys. You're, you're Zoom all-stars. <laughs> yeah, it's almost there together. A, there's been an occasion <laughs> where I had to do a Zoom conference with a judge where the judge kept saying, I can't hear you, Mr. Gross. I can't hear you. Turn your <laughs> microphone on. So uh, being the elder statesman, I can blame it on the age, not being technologically uh, efficient here. Um, I want to ask one part because I've never had to do it. I think the idea that you guys have, have showed up at accident scenes as the lawyer is fairly unique, right? And and people kind of talk about it. Maybe you're comfortable saying like, yeah, I've done it and don't think it's unusual. I think it's unusual because I've never done it. I'm curious how that has gone for you over the years and what it's like to do that, you know, as a human and as a lawyer. I can tell you that I'll probably speak for both of us on this one. Um, you know, being on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week, quite frankly, uh, to certain commercial clients, it, it's, you know, it used to back in the day. Now, now I'm going to be the old guy. Back in the day, it used to get that call at two, three o'clock in the morning. We don't get that anymore. They at least have the courtesy to wait till six or seven in the morning if they <laughs> have to. Um, we don't get the middle of the night call because there's a lot of things that are going on that, that that us as lawyers don't really have to do. I mean, when we go to an accident scene, there's not much we are really physically doing other than coordinating. Um, I think that's the main part of it is the coordination part of it because I, I can't reconstruct it. Uh, I probably could at this point in time, but I can't reconstruct an accident. Um, but we coordinate our team to get there on time. The only time our part becomes integral is when our driver is either in the back of a police car or taken to a police station. That's where our, that's when we start our job, um, really on an accident scene. Otherwise, it's more of a coordination effort. Yeah, I described it one time as kind of being the Justice League of America or the Avengers. Um, we're coordinated team. We really do, um, and, and and we're kind of the we're, we're kind of the pivot. But we don't do we don't do the investigation. We 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 retain the appropriate experts and the uh, and the investigators, and we kind of are the coordinator uh, of everything. Um, when 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 you're doing such an investigation, unless there's some issue with our driver, like like Darren said, and sometimes even that's not successful because I got a story about almost getting arrested by a New Jersey State trooper because I actually <laughs> had the gall to tell her I represented the driver. And she didn't care and told me if I didn't leave her crime scene, I would be arrested. <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. I had that once where I literally was called out to an accident scene. Yeah. And the police officers, Philadelphia's finest, who I love, they uh, they they were not pleased that there was an attorney on the scene kind of saying, I'm going to talk to the driver first and then we'll figure out what the next steps are. And the officer's like, unless you want to be in the back of the car, I'm going to talk yeah. to the driver. <laughs> and it, and it so, depends on the roadway where the accident happened. Right. So just a quick, you know, story. There's been many times where I've responded to an accident scene, say at the New Jersey Turnpike, and we're not allowed on the turnpike. So myself and our accident reconstruction experts have routinely hidden in the woods to fly a drone over the accident scene, <laughs> and we are on private property. But that has happened dozens of times where we're literally in the woods and flying a drone over the roadway to capture the accident scene as it's as it's happening. I can't stress upon, for whoever's watching, I can't stress upon enough the importance of 
getting counsel involved as fast as possible, especially this day and age, because there are so many cameras out there that capture very important information that you will lose if you don't, whether it's a ring camera, whether it's a traffic light camera, whether it's a camera on a business, whether it's something. It's very important. That's the most important thing about this rapid response team is, is evidence preservation. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Uh, because of the technology that's out there today, yeah, um, if you don't, if you're not on it immediately, that stuff just disappears. It, it absolutely disappears. And it's not just the cameras. It's, it's, the vehicles. It's, uh, it's the vehicles. It's the evidence on the roadway because one good rainstorm and that stuff's gone on the roadway unless you're out there immediately. Absolutely. And, and cell phones, right? I mean, cell phones, talking to a driver to say, is this your personal phone or is this a work phone? And then having it commandeered. There, there are companies right now that are fantastic at preserving all data on a cell phone, as well as obviously the vehicle black box information, right? So, I mean, that's a big part of it. Yeah, the, the vehicle, the vehicle, the black box, there's the, the air, air uh, bag module, the EDR, they're all different things, but cars and all vehicles for the most part these days have something. And it will rewrite if you don't get it downloaded immediately. Right, that's what people don't understand. They're saying, oh, well, it has, you know, the, these trucks have the black box with the, uh, with the EDR uh, recording everything. You can get it whenever. No, a lot of those trucks are, are, as soon as you turn the truck back on, it rewrites over that stuff. So that's another key thing in, in evidence preservation when you're out there at, at, at an accident scene. See, I thought for a minute I was going to be telling Darren that he needed a lawyer on the scene when he made a disclosure about the drones and private property and so forth. <laughs> Thankfully, he's sitting next to one. There but then go. actually going through that, I think I heard two people telling us very legitimate, good information. I'm going to back off and say I'm, I'm very pleasantly surprised, gentlemen. Way to go. <laughs> yeah, you just thought we were out here drinking coffee all day talking about uh, your clothing. Yeah, but it's more, it, we're more than that, yeah. That's awesome. Hey, so one of the things we had talked about in a previous episode is kind of what's going on now in this, as we call it, the post-COVID world. New Jersey, uh, you know, Darren, as you said, seems to be the last state to open up, but what are you guys seeing as far as cases and the movement of cases and how are your files moving right now in the court system? I think you're going to agree with me. I don't know why this is. Every county in New Jersey is different. It was never that way. It's certain counties are very lenient. Other counties are putting the hammer down. And there's no rhyme or reason to it whatsoever. And it's hard trying to guide your way through each county. Now we're starting to get a feel for which counties are doing what. But, you know, halfway through the pandemic, we didn't know what, which way was up. You didn't know if you were going to get a discovery extension. You didn't know, you know, even the attorneys that are working together, the courts are putting the hammer down on some of us. It depends on the county. So that I found very unique since the pandemic, because before all the counties were pretty much the same. Right. Yeah. A lot of the, a lot of, uh, I agree with, with Darren, a lot of the counties have been tough. And this is despite the fact that there's an admitted uh, shortage of judges across yeah. the state. There's just, hasn't been new, there's been retiring judges or hasn't been judges that have been approved by the Senate. Um, Jersey's a little bit different than Pennsylvania where judges here are appointed and they need to be approved through the Senate and, and, and the governor as opposed to elections in Pennsylvania. Um, and 
there's been all these proposed judges and they've just been sitting in waiting list for them to be approved. So there's a there's a, there's a huge uh, lack of judges, but there's some some judges in some counties, the assignment judges and the president judges are still pushing, pushing, pushing because they feel like they now need to make up for lost time because of what happened during the pandemic. Do you guys think you're seeing an uptick then in mediations, arbitrations, the maybe the repetition of a mediation or arbitration for a round two or something like that because of some of these issues? You know, I have a, a client that tried to take advantage of the pandemic where they tried to get multiple settlement days in and trying to get attorneys to come every month they would have a settlement day. And honestly, it didn't really work. Plaintiff's attorneys weren't, weren't jumping at the bit in 2020 to get paid quick and get out of the case because nothing was moving. They didn't seem to care. Which yeah, they were, amazing. Yeah, they, huh? there were a lot of people that took a very long vacation, including some judges in certain jurisdictions, where literally they came back in horror that there was a huge backlog. But in fact, nothing had been done for years where all I kept saying is, why aren't they just, I mean, it's Zoom technology isn't that hard. I mean, except for some people. I mean, <laughs> you should be able to literally conference cases and like get some attorneys on. But anyway, we're, yeah. we're all we're all in the same boat there. So other than the trucking, other than the trucking work, um, your office fully staffed. We have paralegals. We have support staff. We're ready to roll. Uh, other types of work. What other types of work are we doing besides the trucking uh, in New Jersey? I do, in addition to the trucking work, I do a lot of GL work, um, general liability work. A lot of it I'm seeing is slip and falls on commercial properties. I do everything from, from property owners to snow removal contractors with snow removal. Darren? Problem, problems inside apartment complexes uh, where there's, there's maintenance, there's maintenance issues alleged inside the apartment complexes, that type of thing. Uh, is with what the rest of my practice entails. And, sp and sprinkled in with my commercial transportation practice, there is the general liability stuff, right? There's the construction defect work, there's fire losses, there's, uh, you know, the regular general liability work that we handle. Darren's big client is UPS, and what people don't realize is, in addition to the huge truck fleet, they have a huge property areas yeah. as well. So there, there, there ends up being premises liability claims as well for all the properties that they own or lease as well. That was my very thrilling day yesterday. I got to drive up the New Jersey Turnpike in sleet <laughs> and ice and snow with tractor trailers spraying, you know, the water all over my car. When I drive an hour and a half, I got to a uh, UPS property and I inspected a parking lot. And when I tell you a parking lot, there was nothing in the parking lot, but I inspected the parking lot. I, I've said to a spinoff of this podcast that's called Unvarnished with D right. Darren Aldino, and it's just right. one opinion after another. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, gents, what I'm gleaning is this is a full service office with a lot of really good people. And uh, I really appreciate you guys coming on today, sharing some pearls of wisdom. Uh, Tom, any parting, uh, parting? Yeah, I'm going to throw in a couple of fun, friends. fun historical facts for our friends. I've had the pleasure of, of working with Darren in the same same firm format for probably 15 years out of you know most of my career and a, about 10 percent of his, which is great. And um, he's a little older than I am. And then I didn't know Larry until we all read BBC together. 
and have somehow figured out the amount of commonalities between Larry and I is pretty wild. It starts with twins and it goes like well into dad jokes and reply all emails and so forth. I'm yeah. I'm so happy to work with you guys and to hear all the great things that you're doing in Jersey. It's just it's a pleasure to be on the same team. Yeah, but for, but for the huge age gap between Tom and I, you would think we were separated at birth when you start hearing about <laughs> the commonalities in our in our in our lives. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, when we when we the firm got started almost uh, this spring will be six years ago. The most important thing was number one, we felt we could do it differently, and I think we have through our technology. But but more importantly than that, it's the people, <laughs> and and all you guys. It's been it's been fantastic and. Some of us got the technology, some of us don't. But it's it's a work in progress, gentlemen. It's a work in progress. So thanks again. We've now answered some fan mail. They want yep. to know what's happening in Marlton. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, thanks guys. Thanks, guys. Take care.